I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hey, everybody. It's Patrick, and I play Ezra the Golem. This is Ray, and I play Cammy the Kitsune. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the Storyteller, and welcome to Brute Force. Welcome to Brew Force. You may have noticed that there's people talking and it's not Jasper and it's me, Carly. Not Lola, Carly. Uh, we're here doing a mailbag episode and we're, we're, we're down one pat, but we do have a Ray. So the, okay, so I ran over, my, I ran over the cord to my headphones. So I can't actually raise my head up a lot. If you're on stream, you're welcome for this little tidbit of reality. <laughs> And if you're listening after the fact, they probably cut this, but I need to fix this so I can... Okay, sorry, I can sit up now. Hi, I'm Ray. <laughs> you want to take that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> and we have, we have John Caulfield. Hello. That is... No. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people don't realize that he's doing the Mort voice all the time, and that's his real... <laughs> that's his real tongue. <laughs> Just a real creepy uncle voice. Very creepy uncle. Uh, and we have an Adam Bash. Hello. No! <laughs> cursed. He did it first. I was just following. I did what so an older kid told me to do it. An older kid told me to do it. All right, let's answer some questions. <laughs> there were a lot of great questions submitted by the listeners out there on the Twitter and the Facebook. Thank you so much. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe even in the Twitch stream, people can ask questions there too if they'd like to. So one lucky asker of questions is going to get a set of Brute Force pin badges, which are really cool. There's the Brute Force logo, and there's the one which says, everything's a tree. And they're awesome. They're incredible. I, I have both. I, 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 keep praising them, please. <laughs> we know the beautiful soul that made those pins. Uh, it's a very talented lady. We love her very much. And she's sitting in this room right now in this this room not your in room this internet room in this in this stream she's this here virtual right room. now except quite literally she's probably in china somewhere because uh, that's where they're all made one of those designs was so oh, yeah. good the logo that one guy got it tattooed on his arm i know that's crazy so we're gonna start with a question from that particular guy that guy cola says what inspired you to create your world? Was it something in particular or a mashup of many interests? I'm not sure if this was ever answered from the guy with the logo tattooed on his arm. First, y'all, you're dedicated. I guess congratulations. More dedicated than us. <laughs> uh huh. Although I have an angling for my next tattoo, so hey, maybe. <laughs> it's a really good logo, first it's, of all. It's incredible. It really is. Um. So Adam, this I feel like you can answer this one. Um. I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. Um, <laughs> I I didn't like. I think the only the really the only thing that I had a good idea with from the beginning was like I started at the macro level and worked back to the micro level. Like I wanted to figure out the pantheon first and then work backwards from there. Yeah, and we we all kind of jumped in on that a little. Yeah, I wanted point. everybody to have like some input on like what the gods were going to be like and all that kind of stuff. Cause I knew that it was going to be super important to figure the creation aspect of that world out 
which as we've gotten to the point that we're in in the story, it, I guess, has become more apparent why it was important. Mm -hmm. But like once that was sorted and figuring out how magic worked in the world, um, then I mean, after that, it's 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 pretty vanilla. I mean, it's it's your average fantasy world. It's just uh, I've never played any humans in any RPG I've ever played, except, I guess, maybe a fiasco or something where everybody is just going to be human. But I was about to say, I've, I'm pretty sure I've built you a, a character that was a human before. I've never played a human in like a fantasy game, though. Fantasy. Like I always like to play something off book a little bit, you know, because I could be a human every day of my life. So I wanted to Bragging I wanted right the now. world. <laughs> I could be if I wanted. Must be nice. <laughs> I wanted the world to be like to lean way more into non-humans. And I guess we don't really get into it too awful much with the NPCs. Like we just kind of assume they're all humans um, to a certain point. I, I know. But like when I when I guessed it for the first time, I asked what kind of character you want me to make. And you were like, well, I really want to introduce Urkin. Like I really want to introduce this type of race. And then when I came back with a different character that was a little bit more of a like fixture, you also talked about Kitsune and talked about like... Kitsune was very much your... I, I chose Kitsune, but you like put up, I think you put up the dog people one. Like we, you talked about these like animal human hybrid races. So you, I think wanted to inject more because you brought it up to me both times I had to build. Oh, well, I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> he, he just knows that you like being a furry. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna, I, we're gonna get back to this, huh? Well, I think my voice lends to like, forest creature like it has that high timber that i think it makes sense i guess if i'm gonna be listen creature. guys i sound like a forest creature so listen y'all <laughs> um on can i ask a question as yeah well? pick a question all right um so this is was kind of asked by two people in different ways so i'm gonna read them both uh at grim encounter says if you all adam included have to make a new character what race and class would you be and this was also sent by jenny Buchanan, if you have to play a different character in the world, what would it be? So this is a really fun question to ask because I think the only person like in the, you know, in the podcast that has already a fully formed idea for their next character is Pat. And he's yeah. not yeah. here. Because <laughs> Pat yeah. does have a lot of ideas. Yeah, when I read that, when I read that, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Pat always comes up with, because Jonathan was that. Jonathan was yeah. like, hey, guys, I would really love a chance to play a redneck vampire. And it's like, you don't tell Patrick Rankin no when he says he wants to play a redneck vampire. You just make a way to make it work, right? So <laughs> He really typecast himself there. I love Jonathan. <laughs> I, I have nothing but time for Jonathan. I, I would listen to Pat as Jonathan. On any podcast. I want him to guest on every podcast as Jonathan. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, Pat's just going to like probably spoil another thing that he wants to play. Because that's the way Pat is. Is like he tends to have an idea in his mind about like something he wants to do. And he gets like super excited about it and like really dives into like creating these characters. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad he's not here for that particular question, because I think whatever he ends up doing with, you know, things that he may be kicking around in his head will be more fun to see it on the show. I I, I actually I want to play Hollis. <laughs> the mer person? It, yeah. <laughs> I did if, love it. If Lola ever bites it, that's that was my next one. So before I made more originally I wanted to make a Cyclops. Oh yeah. But, you wanted to make Adam, a fucking Adam Cyclops, let me have a Cyclops Ranger that shoots bows and arrows because you wouldn't <laughs> be able to see very well. But I've, I, I'm sorry, death perception is important for archery. Um but I think I 
don't want to be a Cyclops anymore. I think what I want to be is a Gorgon. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Oh, that'd be very good. Gorgon would be very cool. I d- I do like that. I like a I like Gorgon a lot actually. So I'm I'm still a little newer, and I I will ride the I'll drive the cami train down to Nine Tail <laughs> Station if someone lets me. Come on, <laughs> get off those tracks! I'll take her. I'll take her as far as she needs to go. Get her her in game. But um, one thing that I I don't have another like build another really big thing in mind. But I was thinking the other day about like I think it'd be fun if the brute force gang continues. Because in my head, uh, Goldie would be a big fangirl. So I think I'd like a full <laughs> arc where she comes back and, and works with the gang. Um, I ha- like that voice is murder on my throat. So it <laughs> would be terrible for me. But oh, it'd be so fun. I love, I love, I love Goldie, my little fucking sin bear. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have carte blanche. I can create any character and stick them into any situation anytime I want. My only problem is I don't tend to do that. If you have noticed, <laughs> I tend to create scenarios and I tend to create situations in the world. And then I'm like, oh, shit, someone needs to be there to drive that. And so then I have to, like, in the moment, create NPCs. The only times, like, I actually plan out and think about, like, NPCs in advance are ones that it's, like, quite evident someone put some thought into there. So I'm talking about not any of the Gregs or any of the Jeffs. <laughs> But then there's situations that we encounter where I'm like, okay, this like big battle scene's coming up. There's a paragon walking towards us, and then we shout, "What's your name?" And then you say, "Bestest Wrath Taint." <laughs> that was that was that was very much crafted. It Wrath Taint. <laughs> yeah. You sat down in your in your NPC workshop and you really mm-hmm. whittled down Wrath Taint to a fine <laughs> Listen, sculpted occasionally, mold. <laughs> occasionally, it is fun and funny for you guys to take this world that I put so much loving thought and care <laughs> into making it like this this beautiful high fantasy world, and you take your sarcastic. Uh, shit talking cells and 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 just run roughshod through through the countryside, just just whipping people in the face <laughs> with cow pies, and it's fun and fun for all of you. And occasionally, my response to that is to name a character bestest wrath taint. Right? <laughs> no, I, I get to have him. my fun too. Sometimes I name the 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 biggest most important guy in charge of the evil church. I name him Marco Mark because That's fuck you guys. True. <laughs> but I, I think I have a long and storied history of janky ass names because <laughs> like Rolo DePolo and Dickory Bomberger, like these That's are some true. crazy ass names. I did love Rolo DePolo as a as a because fa- I I haven't been on any of the episodes that Rolo was involved in, but I I for some reason Rolo DePolo as a name just fucking sung to me. I loved that little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Who wants to go? Oh, I'll find one. I'll find one of these questions. Um, okay, from from Mike McGinnis from Mizzle from Good Canada. Hi, brute force. I've listened to every episode, but sometimes I feel like I should know more about the lore than I do. How much, for instance, should I, the average listener, know about the relics, their powers, connections to the gods, etc.? Please reassure me. Ah, uh. <laughs> you need to be exactly as accurate as Ray is. <laughs> Okay, so that's a problem. To say that you need to tattoo it all on your face. No, like I think you need the broad strokes. Like the brief overview is important. Like you got to know that there are gods that part of them was put into these relics, 
And then the relics were supposed to be returned to the gods, which would allow them to like rise back up and become gods again. And that never happened. That's about really all you need, I think. I'm surprised that there are any listeners that are worried that they don't know enough about the lore when almost every situation we get in where a lore question comes up, I decide to be that jackass because I like I think out loud when I do it. And so when someone is like, oh, wait, is it a hammer? I'm like, no, it's the longsword. It's the longsword. Because <laughs> I've been a student for like my whole life. And so I am have these like jackass reflexes. So I'm surprised that there's a, a single listener that feels like they don't know enough about the lore when I'm just constantly striking down my compatriots with my weird encyclopedic knowledge of Adam's world. Lauren R0714864 asked a similar question, which is, where is the best place to locate compiled information on the world of Aerith? I would love to dive into this. Oh, Ray's hard drive. Yeah, it, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. actually have... Or my brain. <laughs> I actually have a lot of notes um, compiled that I made. Cause, okay, so I, have, so I have anxiety, and <laughs> that's relevant to this question, because when I was asked to join as a more... As a less temporary, I won't say more permanent, as a less temporary fixture. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, we're still on the fence, right? <laughs> we're still on the fence. Um, it was right around the time that you guys were planning last year's GeeklyCon panel. Uh, so I wasn't there early enough to like be in the planning stages. So basically, Adam in a message was like, oh, we're going to do a Jeopardy with questions. And I was like, what? Cool, 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 cool. And so um, I went back through and re-listened to all of them and I took like scattered notes. And then if it was like a big episode, I took like a detailed synopsis of them. Um, so like when they had that big talking episode when Agarion was there, I, I have like a novel written out of exactly how that conversation went down and things like that because I was terrified that I was going to be like that jerk that knew nothing about the show. <laughs> and like, oh no, it's the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, no, you're the jerk that knows everything about the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, if you're not one jerk, you're another. So, <laughs> um, Is there a wiki online, Ray? Um, there's not. I have a bunch of notes that I could put somewhere if I have a place to put them, but I don't have like, I don't have it posted. Yeah, we'll, we'll think on that. Yeah, we used to have a website, and then we just didn't like. We had it for a while, and yeah. then like, we just and decided, then it just eh. didn't make sense to have it really. Yeah. Um, from at Lord Hog Fred, what instruments would everyone play in the brute force band? Just to clarify, that's what instruments would each of the characters play once they retire from adventuring and obviously start a music career together? Cammy would play three drum sets at once because she's not retiring till she gets nine tails and she can yeah. drum them all. <laughs> Are they prehensile? If she makes it all the way to nine tails, that's what you're going to take away from me? <laughs> Fair, okay. The ability just to move she, them? She has like demigod style powers at nine tail level and you're going to take away prehensile? Okay. To humble her? Yes. Lola is a hype man. So, from the <laughs> stage, Sherdig. Throwing her hands up, telling everyone to say hey, and then ho. That's, that's, uh, maybe I also play the tambourine. <laughs> it's not as relevant right now, but my favorite thing about that visual is that I'm, I, I have never seen a hype man that has a very obvious large back brace on <laughs> the whole time. Hey, I got wings now, my friend. <laughs> no, you do. That's true. They are fluttering, and I can also 
put banners inside of them. And when they open up, there'll be big banners for like one that says hey and one says ho. And then I can just keep <laughs> opening one or the other. <laughs> I want Lola to be to only be up there like saying the last three lines to every bar, like the last three words to <laughs> like every bar. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, all I can think of is the Bash Brothers thing, which I've watched way too many times because I think it's so weird. <laughs> and there's a song in there where, anyway. <laughs> that's me! I know everyone's expecting Mort to play the xylophone, but that's a little cliche. And I think Mort is actually going to play the theremin. Okay! <laughs> this is a weird band that we're good. Okay. The theremin and the drums. Yeah, you guys are setting up a real <laughs> shithole band here. It's a theremin, drums, and somebody just being like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wonder what, what do you think Pat would be? Uh, I Pat feel would like... be the vocalist, surely. Oh, he'd have I to. I don't yeah. know. Oh, no, he'd be guitar, right? He would definitely no, play the guitar. I feel like Ezra would definitely be, like, playing, like, his uh, his actual functional hand as, like, a jug. Like, he should be like, woo, woo. I was thinking <laughs> jug. I mean, he is made of clay, so, I mean, it just makes sense. This is a bad band, guys. <laughs> what about, what about Jasper? If he had to, if he had to do an instrument... Uh, probably, pro- he'd probably play a lute. What about Moon Kevin? Oh. Ditchery too. Moon Kevin would be doing spoken word. <laughs> yeah, he'd be the sh- the shirtless frontman. <laughs> yeah, he'd be doing spoken word. <laughs> That's a quick sneak peek of our live show for next year. <laughs> <Peaky> Con. Oh. <laughs> We're currently casting for the role of Moon Kevin. So. <laughs> We're currently casting for every role. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna be frontmanning this. Come on. <laughs> Next question. Reverend Payne says, considering this is a podcast and put out for entertainment, how much do the players curtail wild decisions to keep the show a show, if any? If this was a home game and not a podcast, are there any decisions any player would have done differently? That's so sweet that he thinks we curtail our crazy. Yeah, I don't think I, I've ever done if that. Something comes in my head. I the only example I can think <laughs> oh, of. Oh, when Mirka left. Yeah, when Mirka left yeah. and Moon Kevin died and Pat was trying to figure out how Ezra was going to deal with that. Wait, Moon Kevin's dead? No, when Moon <laughs> Kevin left. No, Jam when tooth. Mirka left and Jamtooth died. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Mirka left and Jamtooth died, like how Ezra was dealing with that was not and getting like increasingly violent and impulsive and and pat was just like the i don't know this is just what feels like it would be what he would do at this point and we actually had to like figure out how we were going to work through that but that was more the characters curtail in ezra no it was i think it was all of us like figuring out how to curtail Ezra like I think yeah. it was the players Kurt and and me like saying I guess so, yeah. like and even and even and even Pat like knew that he, like we had to figure out an out for that yeah and, and Pat was like well I'm gonna have to maybe retire him for a little bit to and go get him right in, again emotionally yeah he was yeah. gonna go on a pilgrimage to um Ruth's grave or something wasn't he I mean if yeah. it wasn't if it and if it wasn't a podcast I think in a like in an actual game that's the type of thing that would fuck up a character to the point where they would probably either just leave mm-hmm. or and like someone would roll up a new character or they would do something just like insane and get themselves killed if it wasn't a podcast right so but I think a lot of people were invested in Ezra to the point where it's like let's try to figure out how to save him from this very bad situation yeah yeah that's a good point yeah I didn't think of that part other than that I don't think we do <laughs> yeah we don't really eat we just do whatever pops into our head at the time 
Yeah. Okay, from JW Scalf, so this is Josh. Um I'm gonna he he put a a bunch up here and I'm gonna start at one. John, it's the end of the adventure. The brute force has done everything they set out to do and have become legends. What does Mort do with his remaining days of undeath? I think I I kind of a bit wary of saying this because I don't want to be forced to do it once we reach the end of this point. But I think he would seek out death and oh. just want to stop being. You know, he's he's had a, a long, long time. You know, I think he wants to uh, have some peace. But Aww. Adam, once we've finished this arc, don't tell me that I have to do that. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. Now that I have now I have what I consider your tacit approval to kill Mort. <laughs> I won't I won't tell you you have to do anything. Great, great. I would really like to see how like us chuckle fucks handle that kind of a scene because the last time John wanted to do an emotional scene, we did not handle we, it well yeah, at we all. Did dick jokes, yeah. We, that, yeah. We, I had to intervene. That was yeah, you did. But uh, to be fair, we're comedy. We're not you don't get super serious. I like that switch it's just I think it's just for me, I'm like, oh, it's it's sarcastic. It's like there's gonna be a punchline. And then when there wasn't, yeah. it, it was just like We're like, uh, oh, we're uh, assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Carly, Lola must pick a life without shiny things or a life without pie. Which does she pick? Oh, a life without pie. For sure. <laughs> She's been uh, shoehorned into this life of pie. It was not one that she chose for herself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picks the pie life. The pie life picks them. Exactly. Live by the pie, die by the pie. Ray, who wins in a fight? Cammy with no relics or Goldie? Oh, it's absolutely without any hesitation has to be Goldie. Because, like, I don't know. I think, so Cammy little like peeling off the mask a little bit all cammy's damage is like mental and i think goldie's done did broke sort of in that realm i think (laughs) i think it's gonna be hard to sort of crack her old noggin um and goldie comes with fangs and big sharp claws to scratch and uh sort of a, a real sassy attitude so i think goldie would take her down like real quick fair enough adam here's a question from at andrelic he says, what's your favorite little detail about Aerith that the players missed? And for the whole cast, what's been your favorite character moment so far in a campaign? Similarly, J.W. Scalf says, Adam, are there any plot strings that you hoped the brute force would follow but ultimately didn't pick up on? There was one. One little thing that I thought you, that people would maybe start trying to follow up on. And it was, I, I just threw it in as an aside and then nobody picked up on it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And it was before Ray came, so she is off the hook on this one. <laughs> but when the brute force went back to Murkheim and like had to kind of explain what happened and how the Paragon had died and Nagarian was dead and all this stuff, they're explaining all of this to I think maybe like the Vizier or something like yeah. at this point. And they explain that Dickory is missing and he was really worried and like thrown off by that and explains that Dickory like his uncle was like really high up in the church and like was real nervous about that and nobody followed that or caught that really holy crap wait so what's going on in Merriheim <gasps> what so yeah I, w- I thought people would would have maybe caught yeah. that little bit of lead but we got but, real busy but at the time we didn't really have any suspicions yeah of, of course not. yeah 
Speaking of, <laughs> there's a question from Not John who says, "Did you always plan for Dickory to be to be the bad guy, or did you lean into it after we, I mean, the players became suspicious of him?" <laughs> oh, yeah, well, not John. That's, that's from Not. Well, John. Not John. I, I, uh, as you can see, I planted the seed for that approximately two years ago. <laughs> so I had every intention of of Dickory being not who he appeared to be. Huh. See, I thought that's something that you just decided later on when we kept mm. talking about him. Interesting. So, because right. the characters, or in particular uh, Ezra and Lola, were always getting suspicious of him, and more never really believed it until like a couple of episodes ago when we found it out. Yeah, I think you guys have a tendency to anybody that has a name that gets mentioned <laughs> more than twice. It's like they're like, oh, he's they're, got plans for this person. Yeah, they're obviously evil. <laughs> His name isn't Steve or Greg. <laughs> hey, Cammy's picking fights with like every NPC that she's interacted with. She's doing she's fighting the good fight. She's trying to <laughs> Can we circle back to the question about our favorite character? Yeah, yeah, what's your favorite character moment so far in the campaign? It can be like a proper development moment or just a fun bit that you liked. I, I think there were a couple. The When Pat started the wrath at the wrath battle and kept going, <laughs> I was legitimately like, what is happening? <laughs> like I, uh, I spent a couple of days writing my bit and Pat just improvised. Oh, so I often talk about you little jerk. <laughs> and I had a I had a secret third goof that didn't happen because the, the wife I was out on the farm that I was living in. Oh, oh wow, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Because I was I was in my mom's like craft dungeon, which is it's just a craft room, but it's in the basement, so it's spooky. Uh, and the wife I was just no, it was just absolutely not. So I actually couldn't do any of my like. I think that there's an audio track I didn't even send in. That's me like just frustrated and grunting and just trying over and over again to get like the cellular data on my phone to stream. It was terrible. What's yours, John? I think I, the, the rap battle bit is really good. That's more of a pat moment rather than a mort yeah. moment. I think one of my favorite mort moments was way, way back in Burgundy Strum when he used Yanov's jetpack as a missile to attack the, uh, the Baku. I don't know why, but I just really liked that bit. No, I love the whole Baku fight. So I think that was like one of those like really lucky rolls that I had. Well, just, you have a precedent for really lucky well. rolls because you like it was like I episode did. two. Uh, yeah, that's true. I did until we switched to fate, and then my <laughs> yeah, luck right, ran yeah. out. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, stating that it was when we switched to fate and not when I joined because those two <laughs> were like the same time. So I appreciate that. Ray, you joined later. So what was yours? Um, I mean, I obviously really liked when Cammy got a tail. That was really cool. But I think, honestly, my favorite, like, as a player and, and doing it was pretty recent. It was, like, the episode that it was me and um, Lola. It was Cammy and Lola stuck in that, like, weird outhouse. <laughs> the weird outhouse pocket yeah. dimension and we, like, spent half the time arguing and half the time pulling you out of the negaverse. Um... Yep. But no, no, that was that was fantastic. It was you know I got to argue with Adam. I got to cut, <laughs> get build a relationship with another like PC. Mm -hmm. Everything I need. Um, if we're talking role playing, when uh I, the with uh, the last ones with Mirka, I I personally really enjoyed. Yeah, that was a cool moment. My absolute favorite moment, uh, RP moment, is also a Lola moment. It is 
Uh, when you guys were signing up for the the Alania's Next Top Paragon competition, <laughs> oh no, I think I know what this is. And you guys were like up at the up at the table and like trying to talk with each other, and then like uh, the guy at the table like keeps asking if you're like filling it out as individuals or yeah. as a team. And Lola slams the table and says, "We're a team." <laughs> like that's awesome. Is it like that 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 typified the way I feel like? when I antagonize the the characters as an NPC, it like, oh, it serves to like grind you guys together yeah. more uh, yeah. in, in like against a common enemy type of thing. And I yeah. think that that was really cool to see. That episode also had another good w- bit with the whole Ponder Zone stuff. <laughs> Ponder yeah, Zone was very incredible. cool. Chunky McKickflip. <laughs> we, did a lot of, we did a lot of silly stuff in there. The Ponderosa boys. And- <laughs> also, I know he's not here, uh, but I... So many of my like absolute favorite moments, both recording and listening to this podcast, have been like weird pat outbursts, like Ezra rants, like th- that <laughs> where they go on forever. Yes, and he he like builds such a narrative out of nothing, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't know what he's saying even as he's saying it, and it just all comes together. And Pat is <laughs> incredibly good at like improvised soliloquies. Pat has had an uh-huh. insane amount of good moments with both of his characters. Uh huh. Hey, um, Adam, another mm-hmm. one from uh, JW Skelf. Thanks, Josh. Uh, Adam, about how far are the characters through your planned story? After they're done, are you planning, on for, planning for more adventures with the brute force? Or are, you, are you hoping to start a new campaign with new characters, a new world, etc.? Um, okay, so they're, they're probably about like 85 to 90% of the way what? through. Really? Calm them down. Through this <laughs> arc. Oh. Um. And, and you know we can that stretch is... that last 10% out for another year. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, considering Burgundy Strum was just a place to stop. Yeah, Burgundy and Strum it was like six months. It took six months of our life. No, it wasn't that quite that long, but it was a long time. So it could last forever. Who knows? Like when I originally planned it, I didn't think this arc was going to take, you know, three years or anything crazy like that. I thought it would take maybe eight to nine months and then we would be through it and then we would be on to other things right like right i don't know yeah. if you guys have really thought out the implications of the quest that you're on but it will fundamentally change the world mm. in a lot of ways and a lot of the it was it was intended to be a intro arc to set up a new kind of situational <laughs> world that where things work very differently than and in a very specific way um, because of the results of 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 what you had done in this intro arc and you know here we are three years later and we're still working our way through it so do I, I have plenty of plans for for arcs past this one um, including any and all of the characters that are currently player characters in this thing or none of them it really depends on what the players want to do you know um so it it, it's possible that lola gets through saving the world and decides she's kind of like good to chill for a while and then maybe someone you know maybe maybe carly decides she wants to to play a different character after that it's it's kind of all what people really want to do with it um the world has plenty of mysteries to solve and cataclysms to avoid but who does it is is kind of Secondary, yeah. I guess. Mr. Cynic in chat says, follow-up question, was there a specific moment you realized, oh, this will last more than eight months? <laughs> yeah, it was Burgundy Strum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Burgundy Strum. Like, well, okay, I mean, because it, it, like, everything leading up to that took a while, but 
it was because like we didn't like how things went one or once or twice. Like we record something, we're like that was really boring. Like we're so new, we need to do that different. We re-recorded the very first episode we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was we re-recorded the first and second episodes because we re- yeah. we recorded those as a session. The second one, you guys fought a slime in the bottom of a pit, and it was super. We got boring. really bogged down. I think it was at that point when we were like, no, nah, we're not going to ever really fight. We didn't fight anything for at least another, like, year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess the Baku was, like, a, the first real fight after that, really. Yeah. But yeah, Burgundy Strum, when it was, like, just this, like, I'm just going to... And it was very much inspired by The Witcher and, like, the way that side quests are handled in that, where it's, like, you come across a town that is beset by some monster... Um, that comes at specific times and you have to plan it out and approach it in an intelligent way and or just, you know, headbutt it repeatedly, yep. apparently, which was the solution that uh, was used. Use a so, rocket jetpack. Yeah. And so, like, it wasn't really something that I had intended for it to go on, like, as long as it did. But we had that episode where it's like you guys showed up on the docks of Burgundy Strum and like that dock episode was the first time. <laughs> oh, I felt my like- God. I forgot about the fucking Falconer. Where there was like okay, the blind can falconer. Can I change it? I want that to be my favorite moment. Blind falconer, the the weird game where you throw the cards in the water. And <laughs> that was so that was fucking fantastic with the slippers and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. So that was like such a fun moment that I think all of us got like really excited. And then we introduced Moon Kevin and Jamtooth, who were the first like NPCs that really had any depth to their characters i mean before that it was like some guy you met in a prison cell and some other bad guy you met in a prison mm-hmm. cell and like there was not that same level of of depth that you guys got out of jam tooth and and moon coven and so it just that 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 section got really interesting and then you know as with anything whenever you dm anything it always takes longer than you anticipate so but yeah it was definitely burgundy strum when we played around in that sandbox for way longer <laughs> than i'd expect <laughs> We like to bullshit. JW Scoff actually asked one that I can answer like super quickly because it's Cami specific. It says, Ray, in an alternate universe, Goldie becomes a member of the brute force instead of Cami. What happens to Goldie after she gets her hands on a relic? Like, does she physically change? <sighs> and I'm, I'm actually very into having a, like a really playing a loose cannon, um, in the brute force because I mentioned earlier that I'd, it'd be fun for Goldie to circle back around. But the only reason I made Cami physically change is because I have this like whole, plan about like the kitsune like species and their culture and how like magic affects them um and it's hard narratively to fit in like a, you know a lot of the really weird like semantics that i have in my head also fun um fun fact if you didn't know i haven't actually told adam any of that stuff <laughs> i have it all written i written down somewhere when i figured it out and then i kept promising to send him a link to that document and i don't think i ever did um so <laughs> So that's fair. Yeah, I've done a really Yeah, that's that's pretty much par for the course of our relationship, I mean, which is yeah. <laughs> she promises to send me some information and then like I forget about it. There's <laughs> way too there's way too much trust. That's way too much trust in this friendship. But um but no, I think Goldie would just go crazy and she'd have a normal reaction because all of all of the stuff I've been doing with Cammy leads into like all these ideas that I have for the like Kitsune species and stuff that i haven't really that haven't really come to a relevant point in the story yet i think the thing is that is like interesting is that like kitsune's are so weird Mm -hmm. and i thought people would be like super 
interested to try to figure out like what's going on with this thing but everything in the world is weird like yeah. everything is so weird like Ezra's walking around as is like a walking clay man yeah. like it's like there's there's so much weirdness that it makes it very difficult for anything to stand out to the point where it's like you start going hey what's your deal well at some point I'd love to go to the Kitsune village or whatever yeah I and and depending on how like the relics and getting them back to the gods you know, because I've made it pretty, pretty clear that Cammy really wants that fox mask because I have a whole like it's, it's a it's a really um like divided culture. They're very like on their own. So I have like I probably should send that to Adam pretty soon. I have a lot because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there. I have a question that I want to read from at Cammy Katsune. <laughs> when do I everyone's favorite? Wait a second. <laughs> Okay. So no, I, Ray, you do not get a question in here. Okay. Even if you have a separate Twitter account. I want to dissuade any um anyone because it's very easy to assume. You see the handle at Cami Kitsune. It's very easy to assume that I'm deepening my uh, brand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I actually mm-hmm. don't know who runs that account. <gasps> You're kidding I'm, me. I know. I, I thought it was John. Like after they tweeted the first few times, I direct messaged John and I was like, this is a personal attack. How have you managed? But I. <laughs> If you don't follow this account, it's fantastic. Somehow this person has like my the cadence that my dumb voice does like in text form. So it kind of sounds like me when you read it. And I, I'm a big fan of theirs. Absolutely. I love this account. <laughs> that was just hilarious. I had no I idea. I do not know who, who runs it. I have no idea. Quick fire round. Very quick answers to very short questions. How would your character describe themselves in one word? Helpful. Impulsive. Honorable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, what about Ezra, guys? Rad. Extra. <laughs> Extra is very good. Uh, I think he would probably cons- he would probably call himself like inevitable. Inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a very that's a very accurate. Answer. Would you rather fight one hundred rabbit-sized meth horses or one meth horse-sized rabbit? Uh, hundred rabbit-sized math horses, and then just send Jasper in there with a sword. Yeah, it's a great solution. I would say one math horse-sized yes. rabbit is definitely the way. To uh, go. One rabbit, one math horse-sized rabbit, absolutely, because because there's here's here's the logic behind this. Now, a hundred rabbit-sized math horses would be less sheer mass of organisms that you're yes. fighting. Okay, a hundred math a rabbit sized math horses you're talking maybe 250 to 300 pounds worth of mass that you're fighting because rabbits are very tiny as opposed to like one math horse sized rabbit which would be like 900 pounds to like uh to, yeah to dude that, could, that thing could fuck I know, you but up. math horses are yeah, so smart giant. math horses know math and there's a hundred of them they'll like they'll they'll play risk on your ass they'll like stratego and you that's around. the other thing is like you've got you've got all of those little hooves that's 400 hooves carly 400 hooves. Yeah, okay? but they're like the size of targeted. thimbles. Targeted. 400 targeted hooves. And they can't all kick me in the same spot. <laughs> right. You have to only you only have to deliver a killer deadly blow to one yeah. organism when you're fighting a math horse that's right. Yeah. It only has to hit me once before I'm dead. Whereas I feel like I could take many blows okay, from the small. But the risk or reward of what if you're able to defeat it and then like get a kinship with it and then it's your mount. Because a horse-sized <laughs> rabbit would be the best mount. Oh my gosh! Okay, that was from Yangfi ninety-five. Where this is quick fire, right. quicker, quicker. If you could have one relic in real life, which would you pick? Oh, that's a good one. Mask. I'd go with those oh. boots where I can teleport everywhere. Oh man, I 
I'm a huge klutz. I gotta stick with my shield. If I could have one relic, I would get the sword that undoes all of your relics because I'm really <laughs> that kind of bastard. How dare you? <laughs> Thank, thanks. Mr. Cynic asks, what would your character's favorite Pokemon be? Ninetales. Score, bunny. <laughs> uh, I don't really know anything about Pokemon, but I saw a funny one earlier called Clungeable or something. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's Clungeable. Uh, what would Pat? What would what would Ezra pick? Something big and dumb. Oh, oh no! I could see Pat pulling some Mister Mime shit out of his ass. <laughs> oh no, my see, god! See, that was yes. going to be Jasper's pick. Was going to be Mister Mime. Uh, Jasper's is Jigglypuff, my friend. Ooh, oh, it's hard to fault that one. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Uh, la- okay. Want to do one more? Everyone, sure. wed, bed, behead. Madam Giselle, Moon Kevin, and her eminence queen Ileana Bilfar. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Gosh, I think there's one easy answer for this. I think that I would wed the queen, absolutely. Bed mm-hmm. Moon Kevin, absolutely. Head mm-hmm. Madam Giselle, absolutely. This is easy, 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 easy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dang. That's it. There was only one answer. That's the only answer. <laughs> we nailed it. <laughs> I but I would like to kill Moon Kevin. Well, then you uh, can be- then you can bed Madam Giselle, which would be okay because I hear she's a tiger in the sack. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wed the queen. I'm gonna bed Giselle, and I'm I'm a, I'm a kill Moon Kevin. Are we talking about us or our characters? Because I'm allergic to cats, so I couldn't go with Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fantasy. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, we got through most of the ones there. Thank you so much, everyone, for yes. submitting your questions. That's super appreciated. Uh, and we, so we did the draw for um, who wins the the pin set, and it is at Grim Encounter. Woo! Yay! Oh yeah! So we'll contact you via Twitter, and we can grab your address and send that off to you. Thank you so much. Um, I I guess that's. It's, we usually we don't have to do this part. Yeah, no, it's real hard, <laughs> isn't it? All right, outro. What a what a good mailbag episode, guys! Thanks so much for joining us, the four of us. With no, pa- it, it did make it a lot shorter that Pat wasn't here, I suppose. <laughs> guys, we are so good at answering questions. You guys are you guys are middling at best at asking questions. We're like so we did such a great job Bro. answering all the questions. Succinctly. Listen, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Everybody should go to GeeklyCon, get your tickets, go to GeeklyCon yeah. in uh, in Columbus, Ohio in July. Don't look at me in the eyes. Do not <laughs> talk to me. Do not approach me. If you do, I will kick you in your solar plexus. Uh, you can buy tickets to GeeklyCon at uh, geeklycon.com. We only have basic tickets left, uh, but that will get you into the convention and uh, into the game room, all the panels, the live show and everything. Uh, party on Friday night, karaoke on Thursday. It's going to be real fun, guys. We'll all be there. I'll be there. And I'll be square. Um, like <laughs> we have, uh, we have a new review this week. Thank you to um, Just for Drunk Dragons. Which I'd like to just point out the <laughs> fact that we apparently have somebody that created an iTunes account just to review yes. Drunks and Dragons. And uh, greetings, adventures. Well, okay, now greetings, adventures. <laughs> and logged back in for us, and I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, they titled it No Love for Blueberry Pie. The saga of Jasper Spitwhistle will make Hangman cry, a Hangman laugh, and will transport you to a similar time and enthrall you with... uh, 
I don't, maybe it's emoji. I don't oh, know. Oh, a bunch of foreign characters. Yeah, a lot of foreign characters. It, uh, it's an apostrophe, but for some reason it comes out. Oh, right. it's intricate dramas. Enthrall you with its intricate dramas. This bard stands alone. Homer, Snorri, Snorri? Shakespeare. Yeah, Snorri Storlson. Homer Snorri. Tales of the Elder, Elder Edda. You guys don't know anything about Viking mythology, Homer, do you? Homer, Snorri, and Shakespeare. Nope. Sorry. As, journey, as journeymen to a master. Plus, it's got pie. And if you don't like pie, then you can just go straight to heck. Seriously, though, this cast is incredible. I'm nearly caught up and can't wait to see where these goofballs end up. Brute Force is the best force. Uh, we have another one from uh, Jedi Goddess titled, Hijack My Sister's Account. This is even more, this is even more rewarding. Thank you for doing that. Uh, just trying to send Jasper some love. He's not the bard we need, but he's the bard we want. Well, well, I don't know. He's the one we deserve for sure. So you should, you should all do that. You should all hijack your relatives' accounts and mm-hmm. leave reviews because reviews please, are good. That, that would be very kind of you. I will record. I will force these guys because me. If you know, you know, outros are usually the Ray and John, the Ray and John Power Hour. I will turn these outros <laughs> into a twenty-five minute ordeal if you leave enough. Reviews. If you ever make these an hour long, I will be so upset with I'll you. I'll record for an hour. Y'all don't have to use it. I know you will. <laughs> I, mean, I think our record was like 15 minutes and we had to cut it oh, down. God. We cut it down to like 10. Speaking of cutting things down, let's... Cut this down? You can find us online <laughs> at BrewForceCast. I'm on Twitter at AnimatedBe with the easiest threes. I'm on Twitter at MRNLadyLike. I'm at TheAdamBash. No. I'm at Patrick underscore Rankin. Oh, you goofer. And John's at Nudzer with a Z and not a Z. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. What was the new sign-off? That's a good dick. <laughs> that's a good okay, dick. Okay, the sign-off can't be that's a good dick. Oh, wait, it was, it wasn't it just, wasn't it just everybody saying ooh? It, I think it is everyone oh, yeah. ooh. Okay, everyone, one, two, three. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> Fuck you, boys. <laughs> I was really hoping nobody would do it but Carly. You, no, of course I'm going to support Carly. How dare you? I'm going to stop. I'm exploring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that one's good. Good. Oh, that was a good dick. <laughs> tell me that makes tell me that makes the outtakes. John out of context. That was a good dick. <laughs> that's that's our new ham and our new pie. It's just it's literally that's just John. <laughs> sit Ubu sit. That's our that's that's our capper. <laughs> that's a good dick. <laughs> or like a moy oy oy oy. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> No, that's good. That's very good. You should be proud of yourself. Oh, hey. Okay. Good? I think that might be good now. Well, they can hear me, so my power is limitless is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Apparently, yeah. they can hear me as well. Ooh, what about me? Apparently, <laughs> the chat says that hearing just John is fine, so I guess we can just fucking... Oh, God. Sh- that's... We can just chill. Like, yeah, guess it's just, catch uh, you guys later, I guess. This got real easy. This got <laughs> enjoy, real easy, real quick. Enjoy John talk for an hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to John talk. Where we all talk about Johns. All the Johns you know, all the Johns you love. <laughs> I review John. Featuring me, John. <laughs> John's literal hell. <laughs> That's the new Patrick Wankin voices. It's just, this is John talk. We're going to go, we're going to talk about John. <laughs>
<laughs> what's John up to? What's he doing? What's he wearing this season? John, what you had for breakfast? What 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 you had? You got some toast, John? What you filling your belly with there? I I don't eat breakfast. John! Wow. Some real hot information about John right there. It's an exclusive, everyone. You heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking John John doesn't news. need breakfast. It's a you real no breakfast John over here. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All the John information. It's tantalizing. So are you going to do some kind of intro then, Adam? Who, me? <laughs> me? Who, my intro? Me? An intro? On my, on this, on, wait, me? On this Cinema? one? You need me to talk? Wait, oh, I couldn't. Okay. With me? With my voice? Right here in my microphone? Right here with me? An intro? <laughs> intro? <laughs> uh, I, I created a podcast specifically built around the idea that I would never have to do a fucking intro. <laughs> Where I would never in the moment have to be like, okay, guys, let's start the show together. You like, do an edited and like improvised slash scripted intro of literally every episode of this podcast. There's it's no script. Fact. There's no script and there's no one else there, right? It's my own little playground. Well, when there's only one actor, the script's just in the noggin. Oh, well. You think about words before you say them. <laughs> I fundamentally disagree with that concept. <laughs> it's not a written script. Say it would be script. so much easier. I guess all of that works as the intro. No, okay, I can do the intro. <laughs> Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Adam Bash, and I'm here to talk to you today about Brute Force. It's a podcast. Uh, we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a mailbag episode, and according to Twitter, those crazy folks out on the Twitters, it's a brute no, bag. That that was a cursed laugh. <laughs> They're all cursed. <laughs> that was before Ray was born. That's before oh. I was born. <laughs> they hatched me out of a test tube right before I came on the show the first time. We got her out of a gotcha pond. Um, <laughs> gotcha pond. Gotcha yeah, but let's 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 answer some. We of went great to questions. Japan and we went to one of their very good crane games, and it took us twenty six thousand yen. But yes, we got a ray finally. Only because John spent so much time putting money into that weird vending machine that like gave underwear, and I don't understand. <laughs> I did spend a lot. Of money why we had to spend so many yen? But so I won yen. every time. That's great. <laughs>